time to ham up. Okay. Now I gotta really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. The Young Chunks Podcast. Young Chunks! Hello, good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time you happen to be listening to us. Welcome back to After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I'm Matt Chewy. With me today is Ryan Davis. Hi. Chris Schmidt. Hey. And Sean Davis. That's me. Hey, how are we doing today? We got a little bit of a different episode for you coming up right here in the in the now times. Uh, today we're gonna be uh, we're gonna tell we're gonna be talking about E3, the the latest and greatest in the uh, in the things that you. <laughs> So how do we do What does E3 stand for? A electronics expo of electronics. <laughs> how are we doing today, Marshall guys? Partial credit. How's it going? Good, doing good. Oh, we have to mention Vince um, hates video games and would demand it to be left out of this episode. Okay, well, Chris, we had the Chris bashing episode yes. last last now time around, so. Yep. All right, that's okay. You guys will get your chance next yeah. time. Yeah, we'll, we'll all get our chance. Yeah, we'll so, all yeah. get our chance to take our hits. Doesn't matter. Um, Vince isn't going to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Vince couldn't be here tonight. He'll he'll join us again short soon, though. We it'll happen. We think probably. Jeez, having kids though. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, who's Vince? <laughs> he's, he's the guy. He's the guy. You know. All right. Well. Like I said, today we're going to be talking about this year's uh, E3 Expo, which is redundant because one of the E's stands for Expo. Well, um, it does now in common kind of usage, but mm. originally it stood for uh, Electronic Education Entertainment Expo. Oh, it was E4. Now it stands, yeah, but Expo was like kind of the E3 Expo. Now mm-hmm. enter- or education has kind of been <laughs> We're not educating dropped. anyone anymore. So it's more just like the Electronic Entertainment Expo. That's a good but little known thing. So, so you know, you're giving me my education yes. right here, so right next on the time spot. you're on Jeopardy. I the next time <laughs> and get escorted off the set by security. <laughs> last time I was Just on Jeopardy, I got that. escorted <laughs> off, the, off the set. Right. So, um, so you three gentlemen, Ryan, Sean, Chris, uh, you guys had the opportunity to attend e3 two of you being in the industry you got that's a pretty normal thing for you guys and then yeah ryan you just go anyway that's so. tag along that, yeah that's the perks for having friends and family in the, yeah, in the industry too um i didn't get to go this year i've gone twice um if you count the time i got thrown out <laughs> <laughs> yes that counts we yeah. i was on the floor for 20 minutes um <laughs> i've gone uh in the past but um i did not get a chance to attend this year so i'll be leading the conversation and uh kind of um <laughs> i mean it makes sense yeah. of, but it, it also doesn't well here's sense. the thing no the reason it, it makes sense yes. is because i need you guys to tell me about it so that i can pretend that i was there <laughs> okay 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 close okay. your Great. eyes as we talk to you yeah excellent imagine. you can imagine the flashing lights and, and the yes. lines and the odors so the, uh, the odors yeah, so, so, so our chance to live vicariously going to e3 for everybody else who's listening and for myself so yeah. i will be asking you the things that i wish i had experienced and could find out firsthand so um and before we get started i'll reiterate we've mentioned in past um episodes before but why don't you guys not you ryan dang it. but why don't you why don't you other guys kind of just uh tell the listeners kind of your relation to video games and this whole machine We're an open, i'm in an open relationship with video games oh. <laughs> uh i work i this is uh i i work for naughty dog the video game studio naughty dog so as you can imagine we were 
pretty busy leading up to the C3, and I was actually working this show. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my relation. I've also worked on other titles in the past. I've worked for Sony before. So what uh, what does working at E3 um, consist of for you? Uh, it could mean a lot of different things. For me, in the past, basically, um, so if you saw the Last of Us 2 trailer that we debuted, um, the demo sequence, um, that was a video capture of basically live gameplay that um, was a playable sequence that mm -hmm. we demoed. And during the press conference, we showed the video of it. But throughout the rest of the show, for members of the press and select uh, audiences, we actually demoed that as live gameplay. And I was playing that sequence live for those people. So, so you were? I was playing it. Wow, that's It cool. wasn't something that the public could play or anyone else could play, really. But mm -hmm. I and a handful of others who were demoing it, we would play through that live sequence in front of an audience of, you know, press or whoever. And then they would pose questions to um, designers uh, and some of the game creators were also, you know, were there right. demoing the demoing the trailer. And so then the, it gave the journalists a chance to rewatch it um, and then pose questions afterwards. And, and so it, sort of. I know I've spoken to you in the past about kind of similar situations and kind of heard from other. Um, but, it, the, you know, the game is in development. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that, you, you know, it's not really in a state that players could play it on a show floor it's that kind of situation like you have to have someone like you playing it because yeah there's I only mean, certain things you could probably do i would guess we call it a choreographed demo okay. so i mean it's definitely gameplay and it's live but mm -hmm. there are parts that we um well choreograph um right. to hit certain beats and specific parts of gameplay that we want to highlight so right or like if players were just playing it on the floor they may not get to spotlight certain sequences or yes. uh, things that exactly. can happen in the game that yeah. you're going to show off exactly Right. So, I the year I went to E3, I I played the demo of Arkham Arkham Knight on the show floor, and I was a fool and didn't try out the Batmobile, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was like the only big thing that they added for that game. And then I walked away and I went, "Wait a second, I'm a I'm a dang fool." <laughs> so, um, Chris, uh, same question. Uh, so I work at Ready at Dawn currently. I also used to work at Sony. Uh, and I never work those conventions. I like to think that the companies like to keep me in the cellar, locked away. <laughs> I mean, away do you like from... to think that, or is that what's actually happening? <laughs> Should we call the police? <laughs> he I broke don't... out. He's walking the floor with me. I don't... <laughs> they don't want Chris associated publicly with their... <laughs> yeah, basically. So... Like, who gave Chris this shirt? <laughs> Take this shirt away. Uh, speaking of walk the floor, let's we'll, let's open up to our first topic. I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, why don't you just? <laughs> yeah, Go yeah. On, right. Walking the floor, right? So, um, how were your feet? Did they did they hurt? After, how was the floor? Do so they work? The floor? The, flo the floor was solid. literally. Luckily, my feet do work. The floor also works. I didn't know which way you were asking me that, but it's both worked. They were both uh, physical matter that were able to collide and provide me friction to move <laughs> forward. And in any excellent. They don't. They pull out all the stops at E three. Yeah. Spare no. The collision expense. detection is primo. You would expect of all places. Oh wait, yeah. we also forgot. Uh, mention spoilers ahead. So, oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you are a time traveler and don't want to be spoiled for what is revealed at E3 2018, stop listening now. Great. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, can you can you kind of start us off with just sort of the uh, your impressions of the actual show floor itself? Just kind of what it's like to walk around uh, the convention and kind of the sights and sounds and some of the things that you did and saw. 
Yeah, well, I'll start off by saying I I just love conventions in general. I just like, it's a gathering of people with all common interests. They're all very excited to be here for the very same reason. Uh, and that applies to Comic-Con. I went to the MDNM conference this year, which is just a conference for manufacturing. And even that, which was mostly people selling wires. <laughs> like, honestly, it was wires and, like, tubes. I just imagine um, people with freaking <laughs> hands full of stripped wire tubes. I got all these tubes, man. You gotta get some of these tubes off my hand. Yeah. And even that was pretty fun. <laughs> it sounds like a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> but E3 is definitely a step up in that it's actually exciting uh, to look at new video games and see people all excited about uh, what's coming out. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was exciting. It's fun. Um, even if you don't get to play the games, you still can kind of look over people's shoulders and watch and mm-hmm. see, oh, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, there's some playable action stuff. Cool. Uh, yeah. Now, did you get to play any games? I did. I got to play quite a few, actually. I got, um, lucky on a couple where, you know, some, like, the first game I played was actually a VR, uh, game, and I just Hey, Chris, that's all, that's what you're all about. Yeah. I live in that world. <laughs> Not the world that he played in at that time. If our Ready right. Player One podcast is any indication, <laughs> no, yeah. as someone who works in VR. <laughs> as someone that works in VR. Yeah. What did you feel about VR? Uh, I freaking love VR. Uh, I know it's not the most popular uh, medium of video games right now, but I hope it keeps making its uh, appearance more and more and people start to like it, because I freaking love it. Uh, I played this one that was basically a, a CS it's like Counter-Strike in mm-hmm. VR and everything that you would imagine that that would promise. And I freaking loved it. It was awesome. All right. Yeah. So nothing too fancy or whatever, but yeah, it was good times. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to keep listing other things I played? I mean, if, what, uh, it, I mean, anything that stood out to you in particular, something like you, you come home and, and the people, whoever's at home goes, hey, Ryan, you're back from E3. And then you go, yeah, I am. Let me tell you about this thing. Well, the thing that I never want to tell them about, if I'm allowed to mention it, is actually the Echo Combat. Um, the first time I, I played Echo Arena what, last year, and I freaking loved it, and I ended up getting a VR pretty much because of that game. Mm. And so this was the combat version of right. that, and it was like Ender's Game. It was now, oh, instead, yeah. instead of throwing a disc, I could freaking shoot people as I fly around <laughs> in zero Gs. And it was amazing. It's intuitive. It's like, uh, yes, this is... Finally, technology has pro- delivered what it's always promised. Oh, great. So this is kind of a, a, a direction in gaming you kind of hope, hope to see for a while. And Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's I good. Love, I love the pandering. Everyone, everyone at work is going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, Ready Don. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about you gentlemen? Uh, Chris, what kind of stood, stood out to you? Uh, I mean, what mostly stood out to me was things I couldn't see. Uh, behind closed doors. <laughs> what? So they, <laughs> the opposite of standing out. <laughs> Sean, what stood out to you? <laughs> well, okay, so I guess going back to the floor, so normally when you go to E3, there are multi- there are two halls. There, I, I forget what, there's like a West Hall and a North Hall, South, and hall, South hall, hall or whatever. And then one of those halls usually houses the big three, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, and Microsoft went rogue this year and they were hosting. Well, the last two and, years. Last year, they all remember they were in the West Hall. Last year, and, they? yeah, and oh. this and this year they were like, no, we're abandoning both halls entirely, uh, and they went into the completely separate building. So yeah, because of that, I never went there. Yeah, I didn't. Either. <laughs> it's too much yeah. work. Um, <laughs> now that building's a little bit of a walk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's like a long it's, hallway. It's. I can't think it helped their foot traffic. I, <laughs> right, I, I can't either. Yeah, it just seems weird. Uh, to me. But and then usually in the other hall mm-hmm. is most of the third party, second party stuff. Uh, 
anything like Intel, Alienware, Facebook, they're usually all in the, a separate hall from Sony and mm-hmm. Nintendo and everything. Uh, and then on the show floor, normally they have demos and lines for demos where you sit in line for hours like you're at Disneyland. Uh, I will say that I thought they did a smart thing. I was also, it's also partially kind of frustrating, but I do think overall it was improvement. They were capping the lines this year, hmm. whereas mm-hmm. basically we're capped. It's an hour wait. We're not letting anyone else get into this line. At a certain level, that's cool because it's like, okay, I know I don't have a chance. They won't let people wait there for five hours just to do nothing. And it makes the flow a little bit better. So these lines aren't bogging just being these floor space up. At the same time, what ends up happening is kind of like, oh, come back in a couple minutes and we'll see. We'll let people. So people just kind of mill it. Like, what do you do? Like, it's just like this is a nebulous mm-hmm. non-line right beside the actual line. You know what I mean? So, like I, like I said, I do like that they're doing that, but I, I still feel like there's they got to work the bugs out. They got to work out a few things. Yeah. yeah. All right, but back to my comment. Uh, I guess the com- <laughs> so E three is a, is at its core still an industry event, and yeah. a lot of what goes on there is selling. Like people or companies go there and they set up uh, times where they meet with publishers and stuff behind closed doors to try to pitch ideas for games that they have trying to find funding for them and that's how you get you know little indie whatever and sony with a partnership and things like that and also that's very similar to when games are just not ready to be demoed by the public at large they instead show it off to uh, press and everything behind closed doors usually with someone from like QA or a designer going through specific aspects of what is there just to get coverage. So that being said, that's what I mean by like, I couldn't see the things that mm. I want to. They had a presence there like Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk 20, <clears throat> 2077. They were all there and playable just not to the, the people at large. You had to have like an appointment and so, press. So you're saying that once <coughs> E3 opened themselves to the public, you think the publishers or developers kind of limited themselves in terms of what they were willing to no, show? No, that was, that was there to begin with. It was, it's a matter of not just letting anybody look at your stuff when it's not ready. It was, it's it's kind of always been that way. Hmm. Um, I, uh, like I said, I didn't go this year, but uh, the last year that I went... Um, was when they were showing off Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh-huh. Um, so that was a little while ago now that the third one's kind of in the spotlight. But one of the most memorable things for me on the show floor was um, their presentation. They they had like an ice cave set up. Like they had mm-hmm. a, a Lara Croft cosplayer and that you could take pictures with. And then you went into this cave and there were torches. And like it was, it was very Disneyland. And, and it kind of led you into this little small theater where... Um, the developers were there and they would do um, a choreographed demo. Um, and I was really impressed by the, the kind of the production value of just what could have just been walking into a room and seeing footage. Was there anything comparable to that this year? Uh, that so yeah. the Tomb Raider one was at the Square Enix booth. There was a uh, Laura Croft cosplayer mm-hmm. hired uh, roaming about. But they didn't have anything set up like that. The only place I saw... There are two places, I think, that were set up like that. There was the, one uh, the Resident was, Evil 2, yeah, the Resident Evil 2 which was set looking. up as the Raccoon City Police Department. And then building and stuff. there was uh, Bethesda's, which wasn't really dressed 
up, but it was like a, an experience where they're walking you through like little rooms that yeah. were see-through walls, so you could actually see them from outside that were kind of set up like a room from a bunker or whatever. Oh, so, so well, it was like a, bo- a vault. It was vault. like you were yeah, in yeah, a vault and it was a special celebration. There, I would say just in general, there wasn't anything as extensive as that specific display. Mm-hmm. And in the past, there's been a few, but just in general, everyone had some sort of theming and they did a set design and set decoration, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't so, like you said, Disneyland, right. where you're kind of fed through an inline experience. It's just like, even like the Fortnite, it was like, oh, they had it set up and it was the fake turf and, and I got a popcorn Mechanical machine bowl. Remember? And mechanical bowl. Like, so there was Bethesda, you mentioned, and um, even the Sony one, there's not really anything themed at Sony, but they have all the mascots walking around. Kratos and Atreus were walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aloy. Aloy. Like, they, so there's... Nintendo is always just like a certain style, so they don't do a lot of set decoration stuff, but it, not to diminish their presentation. It's just that they go for a different style. So, yeah, I would say just in general, there's there's a little bit of that throughout, but there wasn't anything as just like, mm. ooh, what an experience. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things I didn't experience the year that I went um, is I, I didn't get to attend any of the press conferences. Um, I, I didn't even know if I could, or maybe there weren't even Not, any yeah. going on that day. I think I went later on in the week. But um, can you guys tell tell me a little bit about that and what it was like this year, and um, just uh, you know what were some what what were some good moments of there? Um, it seems like every year online. All the all the big three press conferences end up spawning a bunch of memes, and it always yeah. becomes a big cultural thing. So, what are some things that you guys find noteworthy? So, the reason you you didn't see it is because the press conferences always happen before the first day of E three. Mm, okay. So, to get into it, you have to be there ahead of time with I think a totally different badge to get you in. Most but, of the time, the press conferences are invite only. So yeah. even if you have a badge or exhibitor or whatever, it doesn't matter. You have to invite only. Um, and yeah, they're all either on Monday, some of them are on Sunday, I think, Sunday this year even. Um, so they're kind of a, they're not a separate thing. They're definitely, uh, very much a part of E3. Mm-hmm. In most people's minds, they're probably all of E3. I think um, they started on Saturday this maybe year. Maybe even Saturday. <laughs> but they're, but the thing is that what's nice about those, about the press conferences is that, like I said, anyone could experience those because they're all... All of them stream. And oh, right. Sony even yeah. streams its in movie theaters. Like they sell tickets to go to really? it or whatever. So, yeah. so it like it's. It, I have been to them in the in live in person in the past, and it is really fun. Like it's it's awesome to be part of that in person mm-hmm. live. Just like, but in terms of what you're seeing content wise, you're you're not getting anything more out of it. Right. So as someone who watches at home streaming, you actually get a you get a pretty good sense of kind of like the excitement levels and what do you like i mean it's just a trailer right you're not necessarily getting a lot out of it if, just by being there mm-hmm. um yeah so what about this year's then so i assume you guys yeah. all watched all the big streams yeah i watched most of them i think um just for the the conference on its own i thought actually microsoft probably had one of the better conferences not judging necessarily content per se because a lot of their stuff that was really cool was stuff that wasn't exclusive cyberpunk 277 is really anticipated game one of my most anticipated um and it was shown at the microsoft press conference it's not going to be just on so uh, xbox it's good mm. but microsoft got the you know same with like kingdom hearts they showed 
I mean, there was also with the other ones too, but like that, you know what I mean? Like, so just if you're judging the conference as a piece of like entertainment on some of the Microsoft was pretty good. Ubisoft was pretty good with, <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Beyond Good and Evil 2, a couple others. Um, the starting one was good, but I also think it was a little weird the way they, it was presented. There was some like odd pacing So right off, right off the bat, there, the, there was a separate room for the Last yeah. of Us 2 part. And so they funneled everybody into this, this set. And they're like, everybody, let's start the conference here. And everybody's watching, and they get this cool Last of Us 2 presentation and everything like that. And then it's over, and they're like, okay, now you go into the real theater. And so for all the people at home, you're watching, and they cut to some people talking and stuff yeah. like that. And and also, which they, they oddly state, they're like, oh, our goal this year is to have no surprises. We just wanted to keep hammering what yeah. we got, you know, just... Show, give the people the great stuff that they know and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know if saying you have no surprises is a good way to win people over. <laughs> people are watching these for surprises, right? Yeah. And yeah, just the, so there'd be, there was like weird downtime where it's like, oh, why are we watching people talk about if the press conference is still going, but they're just waiting mm-hmm. for people to move to a different room. Like it was just awkward. And so, then once yeah. they got in the theater, it it's, became normal. It but it was, normal. it was so weird to just yeah. do that on a different set. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Ubisoft is probably like king of the memes because they're so weird. <laughs> like, yeah. they're they always open up a, a insane just dance thing, yeah. which everybody now just expects to be freaking as corny <laughs> as possible. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> lean into that, so it's like okay, that's fine. But I do agree that Microsoft probably took it. They came out the gate first, essentially, yeah. and they had all these big not exclusives, but multi-platform games they gave the people exactly what they wanted people wanted to see cyberpunk and people wanted to see kingdom hearts and people wanted to see all this other stuff and the fact that they got to it first actually meant a lot also they seems like they've learned from sony in the past and this year it was pure trailer right it was just like trailer 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 no business in between no talking about oh xbox gold services upgrade blah blah right none of that people fans of games don't really care about that. They just care about the games. And so mm-hmm. Microsoft finally seems like they're on board with that concept. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. The Square Enix one was kind of <laughs> let down. Joke. That was kind of just because they had Kingdom Hearts. It was everything that was already essentially yeah, at the Microsoft one. Yeah. So and then it was short. And then they took time to even mention the Final Fantasy trading card game. As a fan of the, like, you <laughs> all play that, which like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But as the general audience, I, like, what? what is this? I don't want to see, show us the Final Fantasy VII, re- so, VII remake. So they did have a couple, a couple of new things, like a new Platinum game announced. Yeah, there's a Fall or whatever. Things, yeah. yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. It looks good. Um, but I don't know. I mean, so you've seen some of the trailers, though, Matt. Like, what Like what thing... Like I said, you are experiencing a lot of right. the press conferences as much as people who are there who attend E3. Is there anything, stuff that you... Uh, yeah, I saw a handful of things, and I also watched a couple things right before we turned the microphone <laughs> on. Um, I, on my own, I watched... Um, I saw the bit of the press conference and the trailer for the uh, Cuphead DLC, which okay. um, didn't show a whole lot, but I really liked Cuphead. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, look, should we talk about Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we going there yet? No. We're How not long going. are we making this episode? <laughs> uh, I, I watched the Kingdom Hearts content, um, and like, I, I mean, 
<laughs> you look so defeated. It, it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it kind of it feels like it feels a bit too late at this point. I wish, like, if it if it had come out sooner, I would maybe not feel so jaded. But um, I love all the new. T- I mean, I love Frozen. I love Tangled. Uh, what else did they have in there? Wreck It Ralph. Um, Toy Story. I'm over pirates, but um, I yeah, I like Toy Story. I like I like all the IPs Monsters that they're putting in this. So, yeah, they they got all they're finally going all the Pixar route. Um, Sora sounds freaking weird. Well, Haley Joel Osment is now 36. Or yeah, something. well, did they, is it still Haley Joel Osment? Yeah. That's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Just outright. He needs work. I, I mean, he's, he's got work. a pretty unique voice. It'd be hard to replace him. Yeah, I don't I, think he's I would... he, I don't think his voice is that unique. Because I don't think Sora is that unique of a character, and he sounds like a forty-year-old man now. So <laughs> well, he uh, sounds like a forty-year-old man trying to act, be a teenager. It's a little like, off-putting. Um, yeah, but it looks it looks fine. I, I mean, I, I every year as, as we get farther and farther away from the last Kingdom Hearts game, and they put a bit of content out every year at one of these E3s. Like my excitement is just like halved. So I'm kind of like that game really does need to come out in January, like they said, and I. So they said 2018, and I said there's no way it's going to be 2018, and lo and behold. But that game <laughs> that need, game needs to come out, because every year another E3 passes and the game doesn't come out, my excitement cuts in half again. So <laughs> must be It's not going to be much. It'll never go away entirely. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll still be some there. If it, will it be enough to actually get me to play the game? Yeah. Um, at the point I'm at right now, I won't pay... I won't pay, pay full, full price, price for it. Even no. not with the full collection of no. everything that ever <laughs> two point I will, and a I half will, and a thing and a I thing. will wait for it to be in the bargain bin or I will borrow it and pay nothing from one of you guys. Because all three of you guys I'm sure are going to buy it. So. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Yes, you yes. are. I already pre-ordered yeah, the collector. <laughs> I already pre-ordered the Ultra Collector's Edition. Um. So you have like three copies of every title now? Basically. I uh, I watched a little bit of the Last of Us two trailer before turning it off. One out of realizing how long it was, and two out of guilt that I still haven't played The Last of Us, which is by a studio that Sean works for. So you know, until I've caught up, they're going to have to let Sean go. Yeah. Can't even convince your friends friend to play too. these games. <laughs> Look, He's I own through Uncharted. He I'm um, I'm part of the way through Uncharted right now. I'm about our, I'm halfway through Uncharted three. Oh, uh, yeah, I will get almost. to four, and I haven't played four yet. But once I'm I, I'm almost there. Um, and I'm getting caught up, but as it stands, I own more video games in my Steam library that I will play before I die. You just have to come to terms with that. I've come guys. to terms with that. I, you sit down, I bet you guys have too. You sit yeah, down, yeah, no, and you calculate, you calculate how long it takes for you to play through a game and how, versus how many yeah. games you own versus the average lifespan. Yeah. You're not going to play all those games. No, yeah, no, we and, have, and, yeah. And, yeah. I'd rather have more sad. games yeah. than I would, right? That's true. I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to be dead, and I will, all this time in my life, I could have filled up with video games. <laughs> Wasting precious moments. <laughs> Doing other things I like hanging like, out with your friends and family. What a life of regret I've lived. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, what kind of what kind of uh, uh, trailers or um, or press conference moments really got your Jimmy's uh, yeah, So I hadn't actually seen a <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> talking about wrestling your Jimmy's. I'll tell you what wrestled my Jimmy's. All right. Uh, it. Uh, <laughs> well, I hadn't actually seen a lot of the trailers until I arrived at E3, and then we I just stood in front of that gigantic screen and watched a bunch of them. <laughs> Um, even though I knew about the games where I'd seen prior teaser trailers, like Death Stranding, which I still don't 
know what to make of that. But uh, like Spider Man Two or Spider Man, just the new one um, looks awesome. Um, yeah, can I can I interject real quick? Yeah, I was just saying to you guys earlier, but I have been saying this since probably Arkham City. It is a wasted opportunity that they're not taking every single comic book character IP franchise and making Arkham clones. Right, like, and now they are. As so. shameless as an idea as that is, I would play every single one of them. Oh, yeah. Because that gets such a fun engine and I, like, cool, just swap out with different powers and skins. Like, right. I, I'd be fine with that. And I'm glad that finally somebody's doing that. Even if it's maybe not the most original idea, I don't care. <laughs> it, right. it, looks, yeah. it looks a lot and of fun. It looks I mean, really fun. honestly, I can't think of a, a better company. Or, I mean, I could, not a better company, but, I mean, one of the, Insomniac's yeah, one of the greatest really video good. game companies out yeah, there. Really the fact that they're the ones handling this. Yeah, and I got the I got a chance to play the demo, and it and it's awesome. So the they showed the trailer, which was the more kind of scripted narrative scene, you know, where they're breaking out of prison and stuff. The the demo that was on the floor that you could play was more. It was completely different. It was you were just in the open world New York City, and you could just roam New York City. So you got a chance to do your web swinging through this through the skyscrapers, and it felt really good. It felt really intuitive, easy to do and fun but it also had a level of skill where like the better you got the the better it felt and you could mm-hmm. see like oh this is fun just to do as someone who barely knows how to play but oh i could see you could sharp turn here and like depending on how low you get below the skyscraper you'll be able to get more speed like all these different things um and then also there's just like little mission things you oh go check this out go check this out go check mm-hmm. this out and so you got a chance to do some of the combat and some other random things in the combat as it did show that in the trailer right and you if you couldn't tell it's it's just Batman combat to a T almost. Like he, he even has the little um, particle reaction above his head when mm-hmm. like his fire sense tingling somewhere, somewhere to how Batman had it when there's or an enemy would have it. When you counterattack. When yeah. you have to counterattack. Same type of thing. But like you said, that's great. I like the Batman combat, so go for it. And right. there's little like even little gadgets you could switch between. There's like your web trappers. You have like a uh, trip mine type thing you could do. Like mm. there's a hand you could imagine. Oh, you're gonna get more and all that stuff. Yeah. And it felt really good and fun and responsive. And there's a lot of environmental like kind of mechanics and stuff. And it just flowed really naturally. <laughs> and it was a lot. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You were you were mentioning like the kind of the. Tr- the system to kind of move around the city is something mm-hmm. that you can get better at. And that's yes. one of the things I really liked about the Arkham games is that yeah. you just gliding, right? Yeah. Like, or just kind of swinging around using a grapple hook. Like you don't necessarily need to be doing anything in the game. Yeah. It, it's just kind of just fun. If you're kind of burnt oh, out yeah, on the exactly. missions, you're just, just like, s- I'm going to get over to that building. And yeah. the more you play it, the better you get at swooping and kind of doing the tight turns on the, yeah. on the Cape. And that's what I want out of, like the sw- the web sliding yeah. system. Like at one point, there was just like a giant radio tower on the top of the Chrysler building that you could mm. go to, and I just like I want to get up there. So I got up there, and you like sit on a little perch like Spider Man. You look around, and you can see the Avengers Tower like in oh, the God. distance, oh, that's cool. and it's just like it's it's like the full size of New York. It seems like wow. I mean, you know what I mean. Like the demo, it was kind of limited space, but in terms of the map area and just like every like it's like dang, you could really go everywhere. That's so. cool too, and because I I. Uh... Late last year, I played through. Um, gosh, what's that? What's the game's series where you you got superpowers, but it's like mm, uh, infamous, infamous. Infamous, right? Yeah. I played. I played the third one finally, oh. and um, the first two games take place in in cities that are inspired by real places but aren't actually real cities and then the third one is just Seattle (laughs) which I I thought was strange. That's a fake city. I haven't. (laughs) I haven't been to Seattle, so it might be fake. I've been, oh, everybody, I've been, yeah. I've okay. been there, and yeah, it's not real. Okay, right. Um, 
they did model it after like I've been well to that's Seattle, that's the thing is that is it well after. i was playing it and i'm like man if i wonder if this is accurate to seattle mm-hmm. and if it is this is pro- i'd probably enjoy this five times more if i'd if actually been to the city yeah, and that, sure. that's the thing is that new york is like such an iconic city and right. i'm wondering well i mean maybe you can tell me how accurate it was. I mean, actually... like I said, you're limited in the demo, but it seemed fairly accurate. Like, obviously, I don't know every building, but you know the big buildings. Like I said, I saw the Chrysler building. I, right. You could see yeah. the Freedom Tower or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could see, and the, the Avengers Tower is not real. Right, but, but you could see, like, you could see Liberty Island in the bay. You could mm-hmm. see Staten Island. You could see, like, the bridges and, like, like it looks like New York. It looks what, and that's like, great cool. because yeah, so. that's such a that that in itself is almost a selling point. Yeah, like, like so, having a, parks there, and having stuff. a fully realized video game version of New York yeah. to just kind of play around in. Yeah, no, like, like, I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Does, uh, I'll, oh, oh, sorry. I just quick side note: Does that game take place in the MCU, or is it just like its own thing? Kind of it's like its own Batman. thing. It's okay. its own thing, but it's definitely it's heavily banking on okay. MCU, it, just like public knowledge of it and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so going off a little bit from there, so Insomniac, I don't know if you know them, they made Ratchet and Clank, and they made uh, Resistance, and a couple other things, uh, like Sun, Sunset something on Xbox. I don't play Xbox games, so I didn't play it. Oh, uh, yeah, Sunset Overdrive? Yes, that thing. Okay. Uh, however, they also announced another game at E3, uh, and as a person who works in VR, <laughs> I am super excited well, for it. better to come. Uh, <laughs> it's a game called uh, Stormland. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know, of everything that I learned, I don't know what I can actually talk about, but you should look at the trailers. This this VR game looks like the next big step forward. It looks insane. Mm. And the way they, they pitch it, it's going to be like this open world, uh, you know, co-op game online where you're playing with other people and you're able to do all this crazy stuff like climb and fly mm. and... Uh, I guess you can actually change the world and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and you that. can change yourself. Yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be nuts. Yeah. I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that one too. Like you said, Chris, I think this is like the, they're kind of doubling down or they're going all in on on VR. I think other VR games is cool or awesome as they are. They kind of have a limited scope. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it seems like no, they're they're going all in. They're going to make this thing as same size as a major AAA exactly. title and stuff. And Ooh. I'm super excited for it. Um, we actually had a chance to kind of meet slash talk with some of the developers, and they kind of talked about how the controls and mm-hmm. interaction would work. And it sounds super awesome. Just that sounds. And that's awesome. I think another thing maybe about E3 is that you get a potentially yeah, run in run with or rub elbows with people who are literally behind the scenes and they're just as excited about the development and creation of these games as as the gamers are yeah um let's see the next thing i have in my notes is just <laughs> solid <transition. laughs> it's just the word um nintendo with an underline so my next <laughs> question my next question is nintendo, nintendo. <laughs> we haven't no. mentioned nintendo much well let's talk about their press okay. conference yeah. sure yeah i don't think i think i don't think i was right in the middle i think in terms i haven't of, seen like, any i don't think it, so. anyone was literally ready for them to go as deep into Smash Brothers as they did, well, because they were talking about like invincibility frames. Yeah, they were like, yeah, they were oh like that was their one sell. That was like their one selling point this year. It seemed like with Smash Brothers, and they were just like tripling down. Well, I don't know if there's no like, one selling point in their press conference. It was definitely, like, and it was just like they were going into like yeah. all the technicals. Like they were just trying to. It looked like they were just trying to eat up time, kind of. Maybe, <laughs> and I mean, they're definitely appealing to that audience, right? The audience who's like, oh, I prefer, you know. Smash Melee or Melee on GameCube. Everybody's like, do we need to talk about invisibility frames? Where's Metroid Metroid Prime 4? 
what else? What else? Uh, what else stood out from uh, Nintendo's, if anything? Because uh, I, I really, yeah. I actually haven't really heard or seen anything else besides Smash Bros. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was their big thing. I mean, on the floor, they that dominated. There was a whole separate line just to get in a Smash, and then there was another one other line to play everything else. Um, so, what was part of the everything else? So, I got a chance to do the everything else. I between shifts, I was able to. I waited in line, and you played the Mario Tennis game, which I like. The Mario Tennis games are actually I like those games. So, yeah, I was pretty excited. Like, oh, and they give you a chance. And it comes out in like two weeks or when the time oh, this yeah. is released. Maybe even less than that. Maybe just a week or something. Anyways, um, I might actually get... Like, I, I wasn't planning on it, but it was a lot of fun. They pair you up. You play doubles. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, they had, other, they had like, Fortnite, which... I'm not a Fortnite player, but Fortnite's out now. That was on the floor. They had a handful of indie games. They had this game called Starlink, which was an Ubisoft game, which I waited on. I unfortunately couldn't play, but it looked actually a lot of fun. And their demo was really long, but it has like Star Fox characters in it. It's not a Star Fox game, but they're kind of like cameos. Isn't that one of the, like those games though, where you have to buy the toy and you're you like... You don't have... Yeah, it comes with some. And then if you want the expanded stuff, it insane. does more. It makes that sound just like that. <laughs> um, and then they had a couple indie... So I don't know if anyone's ever played Overcooked. The first Overcooked. Yep. It, I liked it. Was, it was a lot of fun. That game's a really fun co-op game, especially. But it's a fun game. Overcooked 2 is there. Again, just a small kind of indie game. There's this other one called Lady Black Death. Is that what it's called? I think so. Um, and uh, it's just like a team arcade pixel art style game. It reminded me of Towerfall Ascension a little bit. But you're team-based and you kind of have little... You gotta kill the Queen Bee. And they gotta kill your Queen Bee. Um, I played... Um, what else? There was something else I gave played, but apparently I can't. It wasn't that good if I can't I remember. Not. But uh, but they had a handful of others. They did, but they had like a variety of things that was that were all pretty exciting. And then beyond that, though, they also um, show or they launched Hollow Knight the same week of E3, which well, they also w- launched Fortnite and Fortnite. Like yeah. it was also just kind of like they did these things in conjunction with E3 that felt as part. Of the experience, so it was kind of an interesting. Thing, we were sitting, Ryan and I were sitting in line for Dragon Quest Eleven, and there were just a bunch of people playing Fortnite yeah. on the Switch, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's really, exactly. I mean, I don't think they work for Nintendo, but their ad campaign is you play anything, anytime, anywhere, or whatever, right? Exactly. And there they were waiting exactly in line to play another doing. game, playing Fortnite. And even right the demo when I played Fortnite at the Switch booth, you're playing, you're playing it live. It's not like we have a special closed lane game. Oh, right. At, you jump in their Nintendo booth and you're playing it live. And as much as Nintendo. Yeah definitely highlighting this to kind of rub it in Sony that the Switch is cross-platform and so you're playing with people on Xbox and PC and everyone. Hey, and Sony's cross-platform too. With PC. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, but so that, this, that was, I mean, that was one of my favorite just kind of floor experiences, I guess, was the mm-hmm. whole Nintendo thing. And because it's so dominant in that West Hall or the South Hall, I guess, um, it's it's hard not to just constantly be looking at the the Nintendo board with all the Smash stuff. Yeah. And it's just really entertaining. I'm not a huge Smash player. I enjoy them. I like having fun with them. But I didn't think I'd be that excited. But like I'm super excited. I actually like six every single character, like that's crazy. And they showed like there would always be this uh, mural every couple minutes on their screen of, of like of all the Smash characters ever in any Smash game. It's all sixty plus characters or whatever. And it looks like something like you, have you ever had those you know, X Men posters as a kid? Where yeah. like every oh, X Men, yeah. it was like that, but with all these Nintendo characters. But then you have Cloud and Solid Snake mm. and Bayonetta and like just yeah. Ryu and like video game characters in general. And, and also, like, unlike those X Men 
posters. You actually know all yeah, these characters. Yeah, I know. Every single one. So, like, it was just, like, it was hard not to get excited and feel the energy mm. from that. And they would have, they were having live Smash tournaments, competitive tournaments. Like, so you'd be watching them on the board. It'd be 1v1, like, Final Destination. They're battling it out. And just the crowd going, like, oh! Like, like mm. so, it was, that was that was really fun. So. A, note, a note on that, though, is I was having this conversation at work, and we were discussing how bad we kind of feel for, like, the creators that put in all this work on all these items like smash balls and trophies and stuff like that when in actuality it really the game everybody just goes into the competitive mode and i wouldn't say no that. items i would final say the destination com- i would do that i say the, com- the heavy you know very competitive people i uh, i don't i won't I don't. play smash if it's that I, I, yeah. I only like to play if it's the goofiest yeah. possible yeah, way i like the, the goofiest items. stage all items <laughs> people shrinking and growing and all the goofiness that's because i, I you know and they did casual. show they had they showed a couple new stages too in the like there was two new playable stages I think right the final destination was new but there was oh a Zelda there's a Zelda from Breath of the Wild one mm-hmm. of the Zelda like towers and stuff and there's new skins for like Link and you know like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff I missed Anyways. my reservation to play that game oh. even though I was literally standing right next to the Nintendo booth and you still didn't go play did you? <laughs> so I wanna I wanna in a minute transition into some some weightier topics of conversation but before i do that i just want to like are there any other things that really got you guys excited that you feel like you have to you got to mention like that you really think were standouts for all right so i mean cyberpunk 2077 from the creators of witcher 3 one i honestly think one of the greatest games ever made yeah i agree uh it's obviously something to keep eyes out for uh now this is something that's a little bit it wasn't as prominent but it was there and I'm super excited for it is uh, this game from Atlas called Catherine is getting a remake on PS4 with additional story elements, a new girl, and online multiplayer. I knew which, about that, but I didn't know they had any presence on E3. E3. It was just a trailer. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah, it was Atlas and Sega was right behind the Nintendo booth. Hidden. Yeah. It was kind of small. They no, just I, had, I, it I was just a trailer it. playing just oh, to remind yeah. everybody, hey, this is coming at the end of the year. And I was like... Man, I love that game. That's cool. I didn't. Yeah, I love that I game. See that. Um, what else? Uh, I well, uh, Kingdom Hearts three for sure. But uh, other stuff on the square like Dragon Quest eleven. I'm actually excited for. I'm a huge like classic JRPG fan. So Dragon Quest eleven, uh, Octopath Traveler, which I mentioned on the God of War podcast yeah. with Chris. Um, also coincided this week at E3, they released a demo that's out now that you could play, and it's just three hours of the game, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But that they were showing, you know, trailers for that. That I'm really excited for that. Um, that's on the Switch. Um, I have a question. For Ghost you. of Tsushima. It's another one. The oh, Sony yeah, first party. One. I'm that one looks really good. That I love one. Sucker Punch. Yeah, that's Sucker Punch. So. Uh, my question for you is, what do you think makes Dragon Quest so endearing? You know, like because know. it doesn't change a lot. Yeah, really, uh, the combat is still very not dated, but you know, it's still very similar to what it was turn-based in the '80s, kind of even. Uh, yeah, I, why, well, I, I, I don't know what that, what was that? <laughs> do you have something to add? Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> yes, I It looks It looked do. like you had something to say, but Chris was looking over there and didn't. Uh, no, I, uh, well, anyway, yeah, I gotta play the Dragon Quest XI oh, yeah, tra- demo with you. Um, and it's kind of funny, on paper, I think the Dragon Quest games don't really, aren't that appealing, right? Like, oh yeah, I've played 8 million of these games. But, but still being there and playing, you're like, oh yeah, this is why I originally loved playing RPGs yeah. in the first place. And it, it still captures that and it's still just as fun as it ever was. Plus you gotta yeah. run around as goofy Dragon Ball characters. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but you're gonna run over monsters on, and horses this time. Yeah. Ooh, you trample them and like yeah, yeah they sprints. go. Oh, that's cool. I don't know that you get experience actually. No, you don't get don't experience. Don't Not for horse trampling. No horse trample experience. Um. Yeah, those were some. Tra- if I if I can't think of it, obviously it didn't leave that big of impact. There was uh, the Final Fantasy trading card game booth. That's where I spent. We a lot did of actually our spend day. a lot of our time in that <laughs> booth. Play the, uh, I won a tournament. I got or I got second place in a tournament. That was cool. Yeah, dial that back a little yeah, bit. <laughs> second place. You won second place. I won second That's place. fine. That's silver. Um, That's good. What else? I, I hear really good things games. about that Resident Evil 2 remake. I, oh, that's I not, personally, I, I personally about that. don't have I had a, a friend, lot of interest in I it. I had a friend who got a play demo behind but the poster. But I hear that it's it changed amazing. a lot to be like Resident Evil 4, yeah, which obviously, true. not obviously, but is, is one of the it's best widely ones. regarded as being yeah. one of the best, if not yeah. the best. Yeah. And so them all going back, recreating this yeah. with those mechanics yeah. is... Yeah, my like, friend who got a chance to play it, he said it was he loved it, so... I, well, one of the th- reasons I loved Resident Evil 4 was because it was on the Wii. And I love playing with the Wii, just like <laughs> pulling out your dagger and slashing like that. It was just so much fun. So I don't know if the, we'll have that same magic. For... Yeah, it's weird how uh, how that uh, motion controls kind of... It's sad to say that that was a fad because that's not really a super thing anymore. And if, if you're talking about non-conventional gaming, VR is kind of the non-conventional thing right. that's going on right now. Right, it's and, kind of and taken it, over that maybe. But it, but the motion controls, I feel like there were a lot of good ideas there, and, yeah. and it kind of once the Wii got died out, everybody else kind of stepped away from it. Which... Well, I feel like they became a de- VR is the successor to yeah, that, okay. right? Because yeah. good VR now, the most immersive stuff is using all of those things that we did right. with the motion stuff. It's kind of now using. combining now it's, them. Yeah, exactly. it's finally yeah. combining Virtual Boy and the Wii. <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Synergy. So, um, so on that topic, just kind of, you know, just gaming, just kind of evolving and changing, you know, based on just your perceptions of what you've seen at this year's E3, how do you, how, what do you guys think it says about just like the industry in general? Like, cause I'll be, you know, if you were to go back and look at other past E3s, like the last past decades versus E3s, just the state of the, the gaming landscape, landscape is, you know, changed dramatically. So what do you think is probably... What are people going to remember from this E3, and, and what do you think that it says about where we are with video games at the moment? Who wants to kick that off? Um, I mean, I guess I kind of can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, going all for I mean, it. Honestly, I mean, this may, be neg- this may be a really negative thing to sure. say. Yeah, I, when- I really don't, in terms of to answer your question, I don't really feel like anybody will really remember this E3. There was nothing <laughs> so mind-blowing. There was no major thing. It wasn't like a year where they announced a new console or new yeah. major thing. There were a lot of really cool games that got more addition to them or more information and stuff like that. But overall, so it, it felt really toned back in terms... There was like nothing that was just like, oh my god, I can't wait for this thing. Right? So do you think that's more indicative of just 2018 is a little bit of a slow year? Or do you think it's the landscape of video gaming has become so broad and kind of over, almost oversaturated that a single game can't make the same impact it did you know, five years ago? I don't want to say that. And I don't want to say that because I feel like a lot of people are, are super excited for these games. Like... Cyberpunk 2077, its presence was a surprise. People weren't expecting it to be there, and everybody's been talking about it, and it sounds like uh, there's been a couple details that came out from the behind-closed-doors things that they showed, and everybody was really excited about that that content. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, in in terms of that, the hype for that game has definitely been built up. And same thing with Last of Us 2 and Death Stranding, if anybody can 
even guess as to what that thing is. <laughs> so uh, to me, it sounds like you. I mean, you just marked on three or four big games. But, that but it's like, like one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, these did the job of getting people excited for these games, but it's not like people are going to be able to like. I remember 2018's E3. So maybe more. It's like how like you know every few years maybe every five years the gaming landscape kind of evolves into something else and we're kind of just in that that period in between where we're kind of like we've kind of figured out what this we kind of figured out what this generation looks like and kind of it's a natural continuation i mean i think they even mentioned that at sony's conference or whatever it's like we're at a point where we are so comfortable we got this sweet lineup of these exclusive Mm. games and they're coming and we're going to keep that coming and we'll see where that takes us, right? And yeah, sure. I, I mean, I agree that it this E three was probably an in between year of a ten, of ten pole years. Because I would even say last year wasn't anything too grand. I would say this year, I like maybe this E3 is better than last year's for sure. But what I'm saying that what I was gonna say though is that you say like, oh, I remember that E three. Why should we should we be remembering specific E threes? I mean, I guess not really. Right? Shouldn't it's, we remember? But the, I remember the games are what we should remember. Yeah. Right. So yeah. why does it matter if I don't remember 2073? Like, yeah, who cares? Right? Shouldn't and I remember the which games? Which this leads me into my next question: <laughs> okay. hmm. Do you think E3 is necessary? <laughs> who wrote those notes? Why? <laughs> They're my questions. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm the director of photography. <laughs> From... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think I think E three is necessary because as much as they allow the public in now, which is cool, I think I think it was handled the best this year. I think it's really cool that they were like early hours, industry only. Let them kind of get through their things, yeah, and like then let the public in later in the day. Uh, that helped with the crowds a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, pushing for the people trying to sell their their games. Essentially, yeah. kind of. It helped them focus, you know, and yeah. it wasn't such a mess. Uh, but beyond that, it's still an industry event, regardless of the public being there. And like I said before, the, the real goal of E3 is selling games to not just consumers, but to publishers and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's still very important that it happen. Yeah, I mean, not to get into the kind of that nitty gritty aspect of it, as much as I do think that... Um, the, the spectacle of E3, especially uh, from where it came from, from the notorious place of 20 years ago, 15 years ago, E3 being about this. Because I remember Ryan actually didn't go, but a friend of mine, I went like in 2003 or something like that. Like the height of, if you guys remember when E3 was just like booth babes and bleh, and just loud. And we went in and there was, there was a live half pipe where like, pro skaters were like doing tricks in the middle of e3 and there was like it was like the most ridiculous silly kind of not gluttonous in that everyone you know but kind of that mentality right um and it's come so far since then where it's not about the spectacle per se so much anymore and i think in a lot of ways that's actually not a bad thing it doesn't always have to i don't know if it's purely beneficial for us to have to remember e3 for itself the game should be what we remember. That being said, I do think E3 is really important and necessary because it's it's video game week, like, globally. Did and that's find- an important thing, right? Like, the Oscars for the film industry is like, boom, that's like, right? There's no equivalent that for video games. They've right. tried to do the video game awards and things like that, but like... 
ultimately in the games industry, it's E3 week. That is the week to know about games, to be into games, right. and be worried. And I have a lot of friends who aren't—I wouldn't even consider them gamers—but they'll yeah. but they'll text me like, "Oh, Ryan, I saw this," yeah. and because they know that I'm I I yeah. happen to be going. And and heck, even at work, I'll see people wearing like an E3 T-shirt from years ago. It's just like everyone yeah. kind of acknowledges, yeah, this is this is video game week. Yeah, kind of like Shark Week. <laughs> yes. What I about you? I, Do you think E3 is necessary? Chewy, as someone who didn't attend. Um. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean I don't. Nothing's necessary. Why do we? Why does anyone do anything? Oh, okay, <laughs> yes. I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I. My eyes are now open. <laughs> I certainly like it. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's. I think as you know, like you were mentioning, how different forms of media have kind of their like their rallying point. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Necessary? Cool. I don't know, but I appreciate it. I like that there's like a, a time of the year where I can look forward to and say, okay, this is what the next the rest of the year is gonna the next year yeah. is gonna look like mm-hmm. for this hobby that I'm into for this yeah. thing I like. So I appreciate that is the thing that exists. And I, I thought it, when I mentioned the Oscars, kind of comparing to them, I do like that it, the Oscars and a lot of awards like whatever Tonys or what other Grammys mm-hmm. or Emmys. Those are all awards, so they're looking back, right? right? Where I like that E3 is where the games industry is always looking forward, right? And the video game yeah. industry is such a young form yeah. of media. It's it's yeah. so it's so it's so infant, really. Still, it's only been around for a few decades, and right. it's all about innovating. It's yes. all about looking yeah. forward, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why I like going to these conventions too, because it does. Yeah, the landscape changes. Distant, you were talking about 10, 15 years ago, how different it was. Yeah, we're seeing this new medium evolve in our lifetimes, mm-hmm. and I think that's really exciting because yeah. it's not going to go away. Right, right? Yeah. and is it going to keep getting crazier and more advanced, or just whatever? And it's really exciting to be in, be part yeah. of this infancy, right? And and you two are part of its creation, so you know, yeah. raise the baby well. I was thinking, I was thinking, this, over, that's over reference, movie. like when you went in two thousand three, it was like it would, it was in its awkward teenage years. Oh, totally. Yeah. And yeah, now, now we're in like our business twenties, yeah. like mid twenties. Yeah. We got yeah, suits on. <laughs> I mean, I have seen you wear a suit. I've seen any of you guys wear a suit. I mentioned like just watching the Smash trailer on the floor, but beyond just like the excitement for the game itself, it was hard not to just like definitely take all in the enjoyment and the excitement for the industry of just because in a lot of ways Smash representing uh, the history of like right, it's Mario like back. Yeah. That's what like the origins and now with Pac Man is like and characters now we have Cloud and Bayonetta and Snake like. It spans the history and just like just indulging in that, just kind of basking in that. Everyone's here. They love video games. This is you know is embrace it. It's not something that is uh, a trifle anymore, right? Right. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, that's my thoughts on E three. I was gonna say I had one fun moment too. That is kind of just one. Well, I had lots of fun moments. Okay, but tell me about this. There was there was I was walking by a lot of the E three floor stuff. There's like. Like IGN and different media outlets have like live from the floor of E3. We're talking with blah blah blah, and they're going to talk about this. And so there's people walking by as they're doing their live broadcasts. And there was one outlet. There was I don't know I can remember what it was, but it, it was like four people on a couch, and they were like playing some phone game. So they were all four of these people were being live streamed on a couch playing this phone game. So on screen, they're all four looking at their phones. The people in the live audience, like they have little chairs set up out from them, they were all on their phones, not looking at the live people on TV. So there were people being live streamed 
on their phones watching, people in the live audience on their phones watching, no one watching live stream, and I'm just imagining there's probably people hundreds of miles away around the world who are watching on their phones, watching this live stream. It's just like no one is participating in their thing in yeah. front of them. They're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was like this weird meta, just like, what is happening? That's, yeah, it was, oh, that's uh, how it, it works. That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. That's, that's a good sign up. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. All right. Well. Anyways. Uh, side note, but I know that's funny. good. I, you know, that's just the other things change. They evolve, and there you go. That's somehow that's like how it goes. Yeah. Ryan and I played a cell phone game. Oh, that's fun. Well, that was a good sign off. <laughs> why don't I? You guys got anything uh, significant to add, or why don't I bring it home? Uh, yeah, bring it on home. I mean, yeah, sure. Let's okay, take, let's take great. It, take let's give home. this a shot. Well, um, if you if you like what you hear right here, you can find us on. Look, I pulled the list up. Oh. I got. I'm prepared this time. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play Music or Pocket Casts. You can also subscribe to us on Radio Public, or we have an RSS feed. Did you guys know that we have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. We set it up. Yeah, I set it up. Set it up. Do you, you, you want to do that? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. If you want to contact us directly, we're at The Yum Chunks on Twitter. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, which is also The Yum Chunks. Uh, We have all of our video content, and our podcasts are there as well. So you got your whole pickaways. You can also email us at yumchunks at gmail.com. If you want to send us a letter, uh, give us some feedback, tell us what we're good at or not good at, or, you know, just, just generally just, hey, how's it going? So... There you go. You could do all those things. You could do all of it. You could do none of it. They're probably going to do none of it. (laughs) (laughs) After the credits, signing off. (laughs) 